Good morning, everybody. So Troy and I are making our way up here because as you already heard, this morning is yep. Go Team Sunday. Um, now, quick thing, so Troy, yeah. you know, 2020 and 2021, we, none of us were doing much traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were all kind of grounded during that time. And last year we were able to get this going again with Go Team Sunday. And now this year we're, we're hoping to be more back, kind of more back to where we were before all this. But before we get into this, just for your heart, what does it do for your heart that we're up here again on Go Team Sunday getting to talk about all this? Oh, I love it. I feel like I'm back home. Yeah, this is so great to be able to think about we can be back out in our world. We were so like in our own living rooms for so long and be able to be back out. I just love this idea of getting our people, LBF, out into the world to be a light wherever God calls us. Yeah, and, and this is, it's an exciting day. As Troy already said earlier, if, if you keep hearing us say Go Teams, the G-O in Go is global outreach. Yeah. And so for years, we've been sending out teams all over the world, sometimes to, uh, to go on trips with um, uh, with missionaries, foreign missionaries that we already have on the field, and other times just joining in on work that's going on in different places. So maybe before we go any further, just quick survey right here. Raise your hand if you have been on one of the LBF Church oh. Summer Go teams at some point. Awesome. Whole bunch yeah, of you. that's a lot. All right. Um, now, another quick question, because I know we have a lot of you who are newer to the church. How many of you is this your first Go Team Sunday at LBF Church? All right, I love it. And some of you are like, I don't know, maybe I missed that week in the past. That's all right. This is going to be a great Sunday. And really where this is going to culminate at the end is Troy is going to walk us through where we are going this year and on the different trips that that we'll be heading out on. But before we do that, each year for for our summer go teams, um, we choose a theme. And the theme that we've chosen this year is the word compelled. And the the word comes from the passage that you heard Tate read a little bit earlier. And so before we talk about where we're going and what we're going to be doing, we're just going to talk through this passage because this not only applies to some of us who will be actually getting on airplanes or getting on cars and going on some of these trips, but this applies to all of us as part of this church family. And, And you can see, if you look at the passage, you can see that key word compel. For Christ's love compels us. And really the heart of all of this, where where this eventually goes is on the end of chapter five, where it says that we are ambassadors of Christ. We are going out into the world with the message of reconciliation that we as human beings can be reconciled to God through the death of his son, Jesus, for all of us. But I, I want us just to talk a little bit about that word compel because it's a strong word. Um, and I, I had the pleasure earlier in this week, I was just looking up other New Testament uses of the same Greek word. Because sometimes in our English Bibles, the same Greek word could be translated in different ways depending on the context. And we get some insight into what Paul has in mind with the whole idea of being compelled. So I wanna show you just three passages. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna show you three other passages where the same Greek word that is here translated compel is used. And I'm gonna, in each of the passages, I've emboldened the word and how it's translated differently. So let's take a minute and look at those. The first one is Matthew chapter four, verse 24. Speaking of Jesus, it says, news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, those compelled with severe pain, same Greek word. 
Here's the next one. It's Luke chapter 22, verse 33. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking him and beating him. The men who were compelling Jesus, same word. And now here's one more. Luke chapter 8, verse 37 says, then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear, compelled by fear. You can start to see a theme of all this going on. People compelled by diseases, people compelled by fear, Jesus being compelled by those who are guarding him. Here's the sense this word gives us. Something outside of ourself exerting its will on ourself and pushing us into something that we didn't necessarily choose. Now, some of you, the way that God has made you, the whole idea of reaching out to others with the gospel and sharing the gospel, it is, it is like breathing air to you. You love it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to ask. Well, I will ask for a show of hands. How many of you feel like I'm probably going to need to be compelled if I'm going to share the gospel? <laughs> a, a few of us kind of feel like, gosh, that, that just doesn't come from sort of my deep within. We're, we're, we're Americans. We're, we're creatures of comfort. We want to have that comfort. And usually reaching out with the gospel doesn't bring that comfort. So we're told that we are compelled. There's someone outside of us guiding us and in some ways almost forcing us, compelling us to do this. And so, Troy, I, I want to turn to you because you and your team landed on this theme. You, you felt compelled to this theme. Um, <laughs> it's true. What, what was it? And maybe you can talk to us a little bit about what it's like to feel compelled. Yeah, I mean, it's a weighty word. It has this gravitas to it. It needs to be powerfully driven. Okay, so just a practical example. Uh, I was so hungry that I was compelled to stop by In-N-Out on the way home from church, <laughs> right? You know, so if your teenager uses that, you're like, well, it's compelled. It's a spiritual word, you know. Legal example would be the court has the power to compel witnesses to testify at the trial. So there's this idea the government compels. Uh, for Paul, like he was driven with this overarching sense of calling. It was a sense of duty. Like if he didn't do this, he would be shirking his, his responsibility. Like there's this, this weight to it where he has this passion. Some would say kind of like this passion kind of from the belly, you know, like I have this fire in my belly that I just have to do this. And I believe that's what it comes down to for us, that we're driven and led by the Holy Spirit to do this. Yeah, and, and it's a beautiful idea in some ways. When we think of the, the examples that Troy was just using about the different times that we feel compelled, and we, we all know what that feels like. We feel like I can't not do this thing. I, I feel led to do it in this strong way. The idea that we would have that kind of force behind the idea of sharing the gospel, between the idea of spreading the light of Jesus, not only here in our community, but all over the world and being a part of that work. Um, But I want us to notice something else, and, and this is a really beautiful part of this passage. If you're looking up on the screen, I want you just to notice what it is that compels us. Do you see what it is? Christ's love is what's compelling us. Um, which I think is really profound because we could easily look at this and, and, and if we've been believers for a little while, we could say, well, it's, it's obedience to God that compels me. And that's not bad. Like that, that's a biblical idea that, that, that obedience out of God and just a sense of obligation to him is part of the picture of how we live out our Christian lives. Um, or we could even say um, that the fact that there's other people who are lost and condemned and need to be saved, that compels me. 
And that also would be totally legit. That's a legit motivation for us to do this. And I think it's so beautiful that Paul begins with the idea that what primarily is compelling us to spread the light of Jesus near and far is Christ's love. And I want us just to soak that in a little bit. Um, When Troy and I got up here, some of you are probably pumped up for Go Team Sunday, but some of you might have felt like a little check in your spirit, like I'm going to end up feeling Mm -hmm. sort of maybe bad about myself that I don't care more about this. I'm going to feel an extra burden of responsibility because of this, because I know that we should be sharing the gospel with the world, but, but I feel like I've got a lot on my plate. So I, I just want us to take a breath right now and to say, if, if we're going to get there more than we are right now as a church, and if each of us is going to get there more than we are right now, according to Paul, what is going to compel us for this is Christ's love. And I want you to take in that you are loved by Jesus. Uh, And in fact, I I want us not just, it's it's easy to leave that in the abstract, just sort of like, all right, there's this being out there that loves me and, and it feels very impersonal. Just look in the passage because Paul gives a little bit more on this. He says, for we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Now, one, this is a gimme. Who's the one who died for all? Jesus came. The eternal son of God came. And the greatest proof of his love was that he was willing to give his life for us. Now, Jesus himself said in John 15, greater love has no one than this, than that he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life. And, and there's that kind of cryptic saying afterwards when he says, therefore all died. And what Paul seems to be saying with that statement is the idea that we all owe a death because of our sin. And when Jesus died, it's as if all of us paid that debt. He paid the debt for us. So all of us died with Christ, all of us who are believers, because the one died for all. Now, there's an appropriate sense of us talking about what we are being compelled to do but let's not rush past what it is that's compelling us. And what's compelling us is that we are loved by Jesus. Um, and so here's the deal. Instead of saying, hey, later on, try to carve out some time to quietly reflect and meditate on that, we're just going to do that right now in the service. Um, I'm going to invite you, we're going to take a breath. I want to invite you just to quiet yourselves, maybe bow your head right now. And we're just going to take about a minute. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. As you reflect on Jesus' love for you, try to bring it out of the abstract. Try to think of specific ways that he has expressed his love to you. Think about the ways that he has been patient when you have fallen short. Think about the blessings he has poured out on you that you don't deserve. Think about the ways that he's given you gifts. Think about the ways that he's given you a church family. Pause and soak in the love of Jesus for you. Father, as we quiet our hearts before you, we just, it's so easy for us, Father, to be focused on our own obedience or lack of obedience. And I pray that in your grace, you help our eyes 
to be fixed on you. Help us to see Jesus and really see the way that he has loved us. Help us to see him in his gentle patience, in his passionate pursuit of us, in him tracking us down when we're lost and wandering and bringing us home. Father, I pray for each person in here. I pray that even, even if there's nothing else that each of us walk away with, we would walk away more convinced that one died for all and that that ultimately showed the way that we are loved. Compel us by your love, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Troy, one of the things when we were preparing for this earlier that you brought up that I thought was a really significant point, um, we get to soak in that reality that we are loved by Jesus, but we also get to remember that we're not the only ones loved by Jesus, that there are other recipients of that love. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's not just for us, right? It's for those around us. I think about the clerk at Trader Joe's who's chatting with me as they bag my groceries. That's a recipient of God's love. Think about our neighbor that maybe we share a fence with. Maybe their dog is a little loud. Recipient of God's love. Think about the coworker on the other side of the cubicle, and yes, even the loud phone talker. Yep, recipient of God's love. As a student, could be your classmates and desks around you, maybe not just the ones that are nice to you. I think of the family that our winter edition GO team just built a home for down in Baja a couple weeks ago. Here's this family that didn't have a house three weeks ago, but now they do. They're recipient of God's love. I think about the 14-year-old that's at Orphanage Emmanuel in Honduras, where our team goes, who's only known heartbreak until this time coming into this new community, recipient of God's love. I think of the people that live in a remote village in Northeast Thailand that's been under the control of cultic practices and drug traffickers who are in desperate need to be delivered from the darkness of the oppression of that region. A couple days ago, uh, I was at the grocery store and I was talking to the cashier and it was kind of a slow moment, no one was behind me, so I was just starting to ask like, what this person's about, what do you do, what do you like, getting to know them. And then I think I kind of threw him a little bit for a loop. I asked him how I could pray for him. And he paused and got kind of quiet. He said, well, I'm married and I have a two-year-old. I have a two-year-old daughter. And I was like, enough said. And he was like, yeah, like terrible twos. You know, I was like, okay, I'll pray for you and I'll be praying for your wife and for your daughter and God will do a work there. And so um, I wanted him to know that he matters. He matters to me, but he also matters to the Lord. And so does his daughter. Yeah, and, and it's such a powerful idea when we think of that idea and think of wanting that to spread and more people getting in on that. Um, you know, the, those of you who are participating in our LBF Church Bible reading plan right now know that we're in the Psalms, and we've been taking one or two Psalms a day and just reflecting on those. And earlier this week, we were doing that as a family. We just, uh, we read Psalm 40 at the dinner table, and then just everybody sort of talked about what stood out to them. And for, for both me and Karina, the, the verse that most stood out in Psalm 40, we, we were reading out of the ESV. And, uh, and in verse 11, it talked about the idea that God has not restrained his mercy toward us. And that idea just sort of jumped off the page that it's enough that God would give mercy, but he's not sort of like, there you go, now we'll see. Um, 
He's not stingy with his mercy. He's not stingy with his love. And we get to receive that. And and we would hope that the idea, first of all, that we would be so enjoying that, that we would be so, so at ease in our lives that we would actually be able to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto others. And that then on top of that, we would see that everyone that we're encountering is somebody that Jesus loves that deeply. And as we move on, I love where verse 15 goes with this, because we've just been in verse 14 so far. The love of Christ compels us. We believe that one died for all, and therefore all died. And then the rest of it just says, and he, Jesus, died for all. And then here's the purpose statement. Here's what's supposed to happen. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So this is sort of the destination of where all this is meant to go in our lives. Where this is meant to go is that we are so taken care of, we are so loved by Jesus that our lives are no longer about ourselves. Um, And we all know kind of what it's like to live for yourself because most of us do this all the time. You don't have to have anybody come in and tell you, hey, think about yourself this day. You already are. We all are. We're constantly thinking about ourselves. Even when we think that we don't love ourselves very much, that's that's us thinking about ourselves and wanting to figure out how we love ourselves more. We are constantly thinking about ourselves. This is not just sort of a command, hey, don't live to yourself. This in many ways is an invitation. You get to no longer live for yourself, but you get to live for the one who died and was raised from the dead. We get to, instead of living for our, our own whims, and our own pleasures, we get to live for something so much bigger than us. And one of the things I was reading about this week was how many of us in the United States, and it was particularly true of younger people, kind of 25 years old and under, how many of us just sort of feel like we don't have purpose. It's like our lives are nice for most of us. We have a lot of our needs taken care of and even a lot of our desires taken care of and we can entertain ourselves anytime that we want, but we lack that sense of purpose. And we're being given here a gift saying, this is the transcendent purpose that God has given us, that we wouldn't live for ourselves, but that we would live to make Jesus known, to make him more famous and make his light spread more and more. Um, And it's easy for us on a Sunday morning to be together and saying, yeah, we shouldn't live for ourselves. We should live for Jesus. But, But Troy, there's obstacles to us doing this. So just talk to us about what are some of those obstacles that might be standing in the way right now of us really living for Jesus? Okay. Well, one of the top ones is that we're just too busy. We have too many things on our plate. Go on a go team. Think about this. Prepare for it. How do I do this? But somehow we manage to find time for stuff that we value, right? Whatever it is, we tend to find time for that. Maybe we're somewhat risk adverse. Like I'm going to a different land. I don't have the same kind of control. Well, the reality is you don't have a lot of control here either. You just kind of think you do. But look, this is a real step of faith. It might be exactly what you need in your journey with the Lord is to trust the Lord for that. It might be uncomfortable. True, this is pretty much a given. Uh, so was driving a vehicle for the first time when you weren't. You forgot like how crazy and how scary that was. And now you're so at ease with it. Well, this is the same kind of deal is that we have to trust the Lord step by step. Now, you might be put into situations that you don't know what to say or you don't know what to do. Okay, that could be true as well, but we'll equip you. There's training that goes along with this. And we're really going to know anything that really has true value to it is going to have a learning curve to it. And so this does as well. 
Okay, maybe you're an introvert. You're like, oh man, just too many people, too much time together. This is just, well, welcome about 40%, up to 40% of the USA are introverts. God can use introverts, right? right? Amen. And so, <laughs> and so uh, Go teams, I think, are specifically designed to be able to stretch introverts and extroverts. And so God can do both. Paul was so compelled that he was willing to push through the obstacles that came his way because he trusted God to be with him in the midst of it. Yeah, and, and one of the things that, that I think is the backbone of everything Troy was just sharing with us is just the idea that we are called to live by faith. There is no Christian life apart from faith. There's no Christian life apart from sort of the discomfort of stepping out and not being sure what's going to happen. And, and so even as we, as we talk more narrowly, you know, there's, there's a hundred different applications of this. And Troy talked to us. So, you know, I, whether it comes to the, our neighbors or our classmates or our, our coworkers, we, we're called to do this. So, so there's all kinds of different applications. But obviously one of the ones that we're driving at is our summer go teams, our go teams for 2023. And some of you are going to be called to be on one of those go teams. Some of you in here, you came in, you're like, I've done this before. I've been waiting a year for this. I can't wait. I know I'm going to do this again. Bless God. That's awesome that God's doing that work. Some of you came in and it's not anywhere on the radar. And what I want to say is I'm absolutely certain that for some of you who are in here right now and you did not walk in here with this anywhere on the radar, some of you are going to be getting on airplanes. Some of you mm-hmm. are going to be going on these trips because God is going to move. God is going to compel you in a special way to say this is the year. It's not going to be every single person in this building right now. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. As you begin to think about this and pray about this, for some of you, you're like, absolutely, I'm, uh, I'm all ready to move on and I will pray for others as they go. That's great. Don't skip the step that God may be calling you to do to go. Some of you are like, maybe in the future we have young kids. Well, maybe God's going to call you to to divide and conquer. One of you stay home with the young kids and one of you go on one of these teams. Some of you are like, I'm too old. I'm sort of at retirement age. I I, I don't know. This might be a a kind of a young person's thing. You'd be amazed to see how many people go and thrive on these teams and they're not necessarily young. Some of you might feel like, I I don't do well with travel. I I don't know how to do any of this. As Troy said, we will equip you and you will be surprised at how much joy you get in being a part of this. So some of you who came in here and you're like, I don't think so. God is going to surprise you and call you to be on this team. And what we want to encourage you to do, we want to encourage you to say yes to this. Um, And and so in a little while, in a few minutes, we're going to watch a video and then Troy's going to walk us through where we're going. But before we do that, I just want to say, we use that terminology very purposefully, where we are going. Some of us are going to get on airplanes, some of us are going to get on buses and actually go to these locations, but this is we as a church going to these locations. And Troy, there's a lot of different ways that we can be a part of this whole emphasis. Yeah, you know, where Jesus gave the command to the church not just to a few people, but to the church. You know, he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. So I just like this idea that it's we are going. It's not they are going. It's not just a few select people, but we as a church, we're doing this. We're going to Thailand. We're going to Mexico. We're going to Honduras. So it's a we. You might not actually be on the team, 
but it's still a we, isn't that? We are sending. So there's some practical ways, even if you don't go, that you could be praying for these teams. You pray for the individual countries that God will have a breakthrough in these lands. God will use each team member. You can pray for them by name. Uh, we can also just use some practical help where you can help round up construction supplies or help collect VBS supplies you know, for the camps they're going to be able to do. And so there's lots of ways you can be involved, but particularly you can also financially support. And so you can give toward just the teams as a whole. You give to individuals that are going, that are fundraising, because some trips are more expensive than others. And so we all have a stake in this. We're all in this together. Absolutely. And so, so here's what we're going to do. Um, as I said, in a couple minutes, Troy's going to walk us through the specifics, tell you about the teams, tell you where they're going, when they're going, what they're going to be doing. But first, we, we had this great video that was put together that just highlights some of the impact that can happen through these short-term teams, sometimes just a week that they're gone, but the impact that it can have on us and the impact that it can have overseas. So as we prepare to hear where we're going for this summer, let's take a moment to enjoy this remembrance of how God has been at work in and through our church, through our GO teams. just an opportunity to go and experience a new culture or see somewhere that you haven't been before. It is so much more than that. And the community just really came together and we were all just together as a, as a whole, God's people working together. And it was a great experience. We came in complete strangers to this community, showing our love to them, them showing their love to us and showing God's love to each other. When we left, we felt as if we were leaving friends. This was a family. Letting go of all your expectations and letting God use you, that's when God is able to work. Okay, I'll do it. I don't feel prepared. I don't feel equipped, but I'll, I'll do it anyway, God. This is an opportunity for you to be able to be the light of Jesus to a group of people and ultimately have a lasting impact on their lives. For us to be able to give them some security, a good, solidly built home. Even though we don't understand the language necessarily, you can see it in their eyes when their tears are streaming down their face and they're holding on to the keys to the house and realize that they're gonna have somewhere to live again. No one has ever promised me that travel, taking time off work and going to another country would ever be convenient. But something I have learned for myself is that when I allow myself to be positioned for the purposes of God, miraculous things can happen. So great, though. This is what we are doing as a church, as Life Bible Fellowship. We're all in this. So we have seven teams for 2023. In fact, one already took place, our winter edition, which is new for Baja Building a House. So we already did that a couple weeks ago. So then we have six more trips to go. So I'm going to lay these out for us. Our first one, chronologically, will be Baja, number two, you could say. We're partnering with Baja Christian Ministries, where we build a house for deserving family. And so they have all the gear 
they basically have all the supplies there. We put it together. And even if you're not a great builder like myself, there are roles for you. But also on top of building it, we're not just going to build this house for this deserving family that's really transformational in their lives. They wouldn't be able to afford this otherwise. But also we get to impact the neighbors and the community. We do vacation Bible school for the kids. And also we do a community outreach where we share the love of Jesus in real practical ways. And so this is something that really kids can be involved in uh, ages 10 and up. So this is over Memorial Day weekend. So gear up for this, May 26th through 28th. Then we have Alaska, where last year we started with this ministry, Tenalian Bible Camp, and we get to be a part of giving hope to native youth there in Alaska through relationships we make through this week-long camp. This one's particularly going to be a basketball camp. And even if you're not totally a basketball person, you still, there's going to be roles for you to, to participate in. And so you can help Basically, by doing life with these campers, you get to know them, invest in them. So these native youth come from these remote villages, a lot of darkness, physically and spiritually. And so this is like a reprieve for them. You get to give them the hope of Jesus. You get to encourage them just in practical ways. But you get to share your testimony with them in smaller settings as well. So this is going to be May 29th through June 6th. Then I'm going to be heading up this trip to Rosarito, which I loved. I've been taking teams here for about 20 years. And so with Rosarito, we partner with Calvary Rosarito. This is a church that's making a huge impact in Baja Beyond. In the 25 years, they planted over 40 other churches. Their church continues to expand as well. And because it's Mexico... Uh, when they need more room, they just add on. You just do it. You don't need a building permit. You just kind of add on. And so that's what we do. And so uh, wouldn't that be nice, right? And so um, we're going to be doing construction. But we're also going to do a vacation Bible school day camp for the kids. And then we do some other ministries out in the community, like we do a feeding ministry uh, to people that live in a city dump. And then also help out those in need, like at an elderly home and beyond. And so this is also for kids 10 and up. This is going to be June 7th through 12th. Then we have Honduras, Exit 83. This is our youth partnering with Orphanage Emmanuel. Now, if you are in Exit 83, I'm going to ask that you'd really consider this. If you're one of the youth and part of Exit 83, you'd really pray about this and consider being a part of it. Uh, you know, in practical ways, you're going to teach these kids uh, life skills like cooking, construction, learning English, stuff like that, but also opportunities to share God's word just in a one-on-one or kind of a smaller group setting. So parents, parents is who I need to really talk to. Pray, pray about sending your son or daughter. Many a trips have been kind of thwarted our youth even going because of parental anxiety. Look, I can relate to this. I'm a parent, and I still have to trust the Lord when I send my kids out into kind of these situations like this. I do have a story, though. Years ago, me and my wife, we took 20, or sorry, 25 years ago, we took 12 junior hires to the Philippines. Right? Junior hires, yeah. So we prepared for six months, trained, raised all the funds. And it was a journey during these six months of faith, not just for the junior hires, but like the whole family. And so it was a really rewarding, radical experience. And I'll trust that you would seek the Lord for this as well. So this trip is taking place in Honduras, June 28th through July 6th. And then we have Thailand. This is a trip that I've been on a few times. We work with a network of orphanages there in Northeast Thailand. 
uh, really get to rescue some of, they rescue these children from desperate situations. And then they come to know Jesus and they go back into these villages and share the gospel, become a light to these places that they once lived. And so there's gonna be outreaches to these remote villages. We're gonna do some basic medical clinic type stuff. And even if you aren't a medical person, there's ways that you can help as well, but we would love to be able to have some medical trained people as well. And then also we'll be doing vacation Bible school for the youth. And then finally, we have our Florida Disaster Relief partnering with Samaritan's Purse, helping to rebuild lives after some kind of traumatic event like a disaster comes through. Uh, it could either be a cleanup project or it could be a rebuild project from a previous disaster. Currently, we're looking at Florida, but things could change depending on what happens between now and then. And so we're looking to do this in the fall. There's going to be some flexibility because we don't know exactly the timing yet, but what else that you pray and say? that. But if you are part of this, there is some flexibility that is required. So friends, here is your 2023 Go Team menu for you to pray about and to consider. So be praying about how you can be involved because this is an us. To get more info, you have those cards on your seat and you go outside on the patio. You can scan that QR code. Be praying how you can be involved as a goer or as a sender or both. You can be a part of this. Now, before we depart from the place today, let's circle back to the words of Paul that Dan just shared with us just a little bit ago. This is really a charge for us to be able to live this out just in a practical way. Where it says, friends, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for us all that we who live should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us and was raised again. May we as a church body live this out right here and around the globe by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Friends, go in his peace and his strength today. Don't forget to grab one of those go cards. That is your gateway to what we're doing this year with our go teams. God bless you.